My name is Jason Lancaster. I'm the lead pastor here at Evanston Battle Fellowship. I'd like to welcome you this morning. Many of you are new. Uh, if you're a, an undergrad student or a Kellogg student, it'd be great to meet you afterwards at one of our luncheons. Well, you decided to get up. Um, many of you stayed up late last night uh, celebrating, I take it, from the game. Uh, and so you decided to wake up, and you're here, and I praise God. Today is a very unique experience in our church. Uh, I'm not sure you'll experience this elsewhere. We're not trying to be special or unique. This is just something that we do. It's going to be very different. Um, We typically go through books of the Bible here on Sunday morning. Three weeks ago, we finished this first Samuel. Next week, we'll start with the details of the book of James. But this morning, I'm going to say something bordering on uh, heresy. I am going to tell you not to open your Bibles, not to look at your Bibles. Now, if you ever go to a church and they tell you that, you run out. Throw stuff at them before you run. It's fine. Uh, But you'll see in a moment why that is not heretical. Uh, It's a story that I'm going to tell that comes from 15 years ago in my life. Fifteen years ago, I was living in Santa Monica. Santa Monica uh, is that portion of L.A. that when L.A. falls into the ocean, it'll be the first to go. Um... We were living about two miles from the beach. It's it's sunny there at times and beautiful. You would think that that L.A. and Santa Monica holds uh, the happy life. People want to go to California and be there. Well, we were there. I was pastoring a church, and I, I would say that 15 years ago, I was at the lowest point of my life. It may have been sunny out, but it was very dark in my world, in my life, inside. And I came to a point um, I've never felt before, i never experienced before, but during that time, I wanted to kill myself. It's a terrible feeling. Never had that before. And it was there for a long time. And then I knew it started to get serious, where I'm not just saying, I want to die, I want to kill myself, but I'm start thinking, now how can I do this? What are some ways that I can end my life? Now, if any of you have ever been there before, it's very debilitating. It's very scary. And you're not quite sure what you're supposed to do. And some of you may be there right now. You're here, you're smiling, you're greeting people. It's very dark inside. Well, what they tell you to do is one of the last things you don't want to do is you're supposed to talk to somebody and tell them, Look, I'm, I'm in danger here. By God's grace, I talked to someone. I actually drove an hour away to the valley. You can look at the geography later. I drove to the valley, and uh, I met with this, this really old but wise man. And I said, um, I'm a pastor. I believe Jesus. I believe the Word. But I'm in a phase right now in my life where I'm, I'm tempted to kill myself. And he started ministering the gospel to me grace to me, a truth to me that was bringing a lot of healing in my life. And one of the things that really helped, he told me, he said, you you have many messed up thoughts. The thoughts in your head are just, they're, they're just crazy. They're not true. They're wrong. They're just messed up. And one of the ways he kind of brought me out of this darkness is he encouraged me to replace these thoughts with the Word of God. 
And one of the uh, venues he encouraged me was something called Scripture Memory. I wasn't into it very much at that time. But he said, this will help you start to get your thinking back on track. So I said, anything. Give me the word. I want to get inside. I'm preaching, I'm studying, and I'm praying it, but I need to start memorizing. So I started memorizing it. And over the next days, weeks, months, and years, I memorized hundreds of verses. That is not a brag, but a boasting of my weakness, boasting in my desperation. I needed the word to live. Several years ago, I started to encourage you guys to memorize the word. Different times, different ways, but I I just thought I would love to take the whole congregation on kind of a journey of memorizing the word. So over the last 10 months, I've been putting something together through writing a devotional and the, actually the method that I used on something called um, Hidden Within, the 40-day scripture memory project. It's 40 days of devotionals, but also 40 days of a certain systematic ways of memorizing scripture. Now, I can guarantee you something. It's not a money-back guarantee because it's actually free, but I can guarantee you that after 40 days, you stick with this, you will have memorized over 10 verses of hiding God's word in your heart. By God's grace, we had a very gifted man uh, put this together in an app you can download on the iTunes store. It's called Hidden Within. If you don't have an iPhone, we can send you a daily email and you can go through the devotionals and structures with us. We'll be starting it this Thursday, Hidden Within, the 40-day Scripture Memory Project. I'm going to continue to tell this story. Five and a half years ago, I come back off my sabbatical and I say, Scripture memory has been so encouraging to me, but I want to memorize bigger portions of the Bible. So I started memorizing bigger portions of the Bible and I thought to myself, huh, I felt led by the Spirit of God to share those with you on Sunday morning. And once again, this is not a brag, but a boasting of my weakness and the desperation for the Word of God. As I was memorizing the Word, I was able to recite before you. Many of you have been here. Uh, you heard First John. I was able to recite the book of Malachi, the Sermon on the Mount, and then we got to do the book of Romans. And there's twofold reasons why I felt led to recite it before you on Sunday morning. One is I want you to hear the Word of God without reading it. There's something about hearing it without reading it that may kind of catch you for the first time. You may have read it a thousand times, but something really hits you a different way and sticks with you. The early Christians weren't like opening up their Bible. They were hearing it. And so we want you to hear it. And the second reason why we recited on Sunday morning is that we want you to consider memorizing the word as well. And this morning, the recitation is going to be a little different in the past. You'll see in a moment. But this morning, it's going to be all about the book of James. The book of James teaches a faith that works. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, that he has died on the cross, buried, and rose again, and if you submit to him as Lord, you will display that life of faith in obedience. Your faith will work. You're saved by faith alone, but your faith is if it is true faith, is never alone as it will display works and obedience. So as you hear the book of James, be encouraged by faith that works. So once again, don't read your Bible. Put it away. Listen to it. Maybe hear something for the first time. 
And in between the chapters that are being recited, you will hear songs. Songs that have been, hours have been put into these songs because many of these songs are written by our worship team interacting with the book of James. So the songs you're going to be hearing come from the book of James, from our worship team meditating on the word of God, praying and putting these songs together so we can meditate on the book of James. Before we get started, I think it is appropriate for us to pray and then we'll get into the recitation. Father, there may be some people in here, a guy or a girl who is in that dark spot right now. And I just ask you to give them hope. There's hope in Jesus. And that you would give them what you think, what is true, what is right, what is godly. And even this morning you'd minister your healing grace of Jesus through your word to them. And God, I just cannot believe the way you do things. Fifteen years ago, I was so tempted to end it. You had mercy on me. And here I am 15 years later, boasting in your word, boasting in your salvation grace. And may your word come alive today to your people that they would be encouraged to hide it in their hearts, not so they can just memorize it, but so they can know you better and obey. And we ask that James would come alive now, that we would just not just hear it, but also obey it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. James. A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich and his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with his scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. 
But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks in to the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you say to the one who wears the fine clothing, you sit here, in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbors yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and, and are convicted by the law's transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said... Do not commit adultery also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, 
go in peace, be warm, be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And was not even also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, 
Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So, Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion evidence against you will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. 
and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, my brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven, or by earth, or by any other oath. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever saves a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins.